Are you looking for more joy in your life? Do you want to improve your well-being, increase your sense of belonging, create more impact, or simply have more fun? If you said yes to any of those questions, then check out the Year of Joy online community. It really could be for you. It's a place where you can find inspiring stories and practical advice from experts to empower you to build a more joyful life. It's a place where you can connect and share with like-minded people who are also looking to lead a more joy-filled life. Sound awesome? It's actually totally free. It's being funded by generous companies who understand the importance of giving people the gift of joy, something that is just so needed in today's world. So if you're ready in 2023 to make it a year of joy for you and your loved ones, If you're ready to find your tribe that helps you live your purpose, if you're ready for more fun, sign up for the Year of Joy at theartandscienceofjoy.com slash year hyphen of hyphen joy. The doors open to more joy on the 17th of January, so sign up now and be ready to receive that gift of joy. Learn more about the Year of Joy at theartandscienceofjoy.com slash year hyphen of hyphen joy. Or follow the Art and Science of Joy on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever you do, choose joy today. And welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney. I am the mama bird here at Little Bird Marketing. And with me is one of my friends, longtime friends. We're conference buddies. We have known each other for so long through many cool associations. Welcome to the show, Colson Steber. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am going to really pick your brain today because we're going to talk about some specialization. But if you don't know Colson Stieber, he is the co-CEO of Communications for Research, CFR, for those of us who are in the know, and Ag Access. These two sister market research companies are working in tandem to bring something super awesome to the industry. And we're going to really dive into his role and his expertise over at Ag Access. But before I do that, I just want to kind of give you a shout out for all the volunteer work that you do in our industry, Colson. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of your work volunteering in the market research space? Currently, I'm the Insights Association South Atlantic chapter president, which comes after having spent nine years on the Insights Association Great Lakes chapter board. And after having moved to Florida, raising my hand to get to volunteer for the presidency after the chapters were combined into five mega regional chapters, which is a great way long term to get to know the actual people that are engaging and connect and gain the context of knowing what's actually happening within our industry. A hundred percent. And you're actually a really good networker, which is why we met many, many years ago. And this is an interesting thing though, too, is that you're not only a good networker in person, you're a great networker online. So on LinkedIn, in fact, even this week, you're just like supercharged with these messages. Like, what are you focused on? What are you doing? And I'm like, you really do bring the inspiration a lot. What actually motivates you in the core to get out there and really keep pushing everybody forward? So I am not one to use social media 
outside of the context that I exist, but I really want to like actually have true self-expression to like serve my purpose through my entrepreneurship and business. And at some level, I have to actually share that with the world. And LinkedIn has definitely turned into a great way to do that. I got a lot of clarity about what I ought to be posting about that aligns well to like who I actually am. I don't invest a huge amount of time, but I definitely get quite a lot of feedback and it definitely stirs things up for myself to get a lot of energy from the people that I interact with. And also it does ultimately helping us as a business. So I love that. And one other thing we have in common is many years ago, you suggested the book Traction to me. And now I operate on the EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, and you do too. And that's one thing that we really have in common and like to talk about. So not that this is a commercial for EOS, but just like this brings us together as entrepreneurs and helps gives us the same language and really encourage each other. But so what's your great love of traction? Why did you go that way with your business? I am the type of person that before I really like buy into something, I try to read every book about it. And I read about many different operating systems in the sense of trying to move myself out of being the hero to our business and figure out how to actually have a business so that I would not just spend all of my time working and landed on EOS or Traction as the simplest model that was something that to me would definitely work. It was probably oversimplified for me, but that meant that it would be just the right fit for our company. I mean, we're three years of being all in on it. We're very, what would be considered like EOS pure, where we actually do every single piece of it and oh. I've taken it to the level of I'm in the same like entrepreneurial coaching program as the founder of EOS is still in today and was much of the inspiration of how he formed the system. So I know way too much about it. <laughs> I love that. But it was interesting. You have a newer person on your team, Amber McHugh, and I got to get face to face with her at a women in research event in New York right before Insights Association CRC. And somebody was sick and she volunteered to get up and be on the panel and fill it. No joke. This is like hats off to her. But they asked her a question about employee engagement and employee ownership and how it was working at her place of employment. She's like, I'm new, but let me tell you this. And she went down and just explained your system about how she felt so connected and so bought into the goals because they were so clear. So, I mean, I just bring this up because it's kind of where I want to go in our podcast conversation today. If you're running your own system this well with very clear goals, what does this mean for companies who come to you trying to get research done, get it fielded, make sure that there's a, still a focus on the big picture and the overall quality? And we also want to talk a little bit about the niche. But let's talk, regardless of whether it's CFR or it's ag access, help me understand really your mindset and how you think time and time again, CFR and ag access delivers on like the big picture value. How does the way you're operating your company with these goals really serve your actual clients? So, I mean, in terms of what is uniquely how we do things, it has a lot to do with our research logistics process, 
where we create a realistic plan that has actual metrics of how we will progress through executing a study and deliver that as part of the sales process. And there's total integrity to the system, right? It's meant to be just ruthlessly simple that exactly what you, the the level of plan that you receive is just lockstep then followed through on. And in terms of our approach in getting that done goes back to that same essence of what I think we tap into with EOS, but it's our core values of continuous improvement and getting to the root where we're very, very data-driven in our own business, have those metrics in place, know exactly, and are always working to identify how are we going to make our own approach and process better so that there's more consistency to the outcome, and that, but there's also that continual adaptation where as we gain knowledge, we actually make great decisions on behalf of the research that we're representing. Yeah. I've been really kind of front row popcorn to a lot of conversations that I've had a lot of people talking to you because we've been at so many conferences together over the years. And I hear people talking with you in a way that is really, I think what they're getting at is that in some ways, market research are getting the idea put together or creating a design or a game plan or actually how I'm going to go about recruiting or data collection or any of those pieces, they can easily be seen as a little bit of a commodity maybe in our industry. And yet the conversation I'm hearing you have with people is really saying, wait, slow down. We're going to take it from the very beginning. We're going to make sure that we're not just taking orders here. We're going to make sure that we're doing the very, very best for the client. Is this really research that's going to get at the core of the business question? And then that kind of approach like comes all the way through all the pieces. That is what I'm hearing constantly. So what you're telling me is that you're doing that day in and day out. How do you not get exhausted by that? Because every new project is it has so many variables that can go right and go wrong. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. Businesses don't need research for the sake of research. They need research that leads to a meaningful impact for their customers, their products, and their bottom line. Communications for Research is the trusted insights champion to lead you to that impact. They take their ownership of the research process so you can focus on your business and your customers. Whether you need qualitative, quantitative, or data analysis for primary research, Their expert logistics team has the experience to understand your objectives. They design and execute processes to achieve research outcomes that lead to better decisions. Visit cfrinc.net to learn more. My personal mantra is relentless intentional action. So it's more of a reflection of getting the business operating and aligned to that vision of it being so a great representation of like me and what I view my purpose as. I love that. I love, we obviously you're attracting that kind of people too, because I know a lot of your people pretty well. But what I really wanted to talk with you about today is a niche. I've gotten a couple requests about this topic of should we go with a company who's specialized? Should we go with one who's a generalist? 
And so I've gotten a machination of that question one way or another. So I thought it would be really great to talk with you about this because you have two companies that serve the market research industry, one that can be seen more as a generalist and that you can handle almost anything there is to data collection and fielding and even down to the analysis and reporting for market research. But you have a niche and an expertise also in the agricultural industry. So tell us a little bit about Ag Access and how it was born. So there's a phenomenal entrepreneurial book called The Pumpkin Plan that is all about understanding your sweet spot and really picking a niche that's so small you wouldn't think that it would actually be able to exist and then honing in on it so that you can appropriately stand out. And we had ample experience doing work within the agriculture sector from some of the key long-term customers we had had that worked in that business. And we knew there was essentially a market opportunity because of the insane boom within agriculture of other industries taking an interest in how they can influence the food that we get to our table. And with an agriculture technology is, and ag tech is blowing up as much as any tech sector is. So kind of broaden that for us. Tell us more like ag sector. I mean, some people are going to say, okay, farmers now. So I'm sure this is much bigger. So give us the full scope of what you would include in that specialty. Definitely the bread and butter is farmers. Within that, there's a ton of diversity because there's every different one of the over 80 commercially grown crops in the U.S., and how do we engage them in research on every type of input that they use? There's also the what I consider ag adjacent, which is rural lifestyle, those people that own the hobby farmers and the utility vehicles and the, the equipment that's related to that are just often not readily available. And then there's a huge opportunity within veterinary and animal health research to engage with livestock and veterinary medicine and all those things. So what's different about recruiting or handling or designing or doing analysis or working really with this particular niche field as opposed to just kind of a generalist? So that's the classic, like nothing and everything, right? So if you, (laughs) because if you, it's nothing in the sense that it's the exact same proven process. But if you, I mean, I remember when I knew nothing about it a little over a decade ago, If someone asked me to talk about biologicals, I'm sitting there Googling whether biological inoculants is like, what is that term? And I have no idea what it even is. Whereas on these highly technical, specific, what are very high level B2B audiences, you immensely benefit from having a knowledge of what is and what is not the right person to provide the right opinion. I love that. Um, that direction's got to be a lot of clarity and keep you know projects from getting derailed in the very beginning as they're getting into field. So I received one this week that we're going to start and they want to talk to people that have cows. And in reality, there's 
four primary types of beef cattle operations that go by about eight different names. And they actually are not mutually exclusive groups. And you have to be able to know what can be achieved and is the and which group really does someone fall into in terms of like the classifying the survey response that you're getting. Right. And then you bring up the idea of crops. So maybe at particular times of the year, some of these people are unreachable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing I really liked was on your website, you have some resources and you have an ag researchers almanac. And I thought that was really interesting because I was talking with Michelle Ronson, who is a really great UX research expert. And she started the UX Lex to get everybody on the same page. What are the words? What are we talking about? And I love that you guys have that idea here too, with let's all get on the same page here. What's the terminology that an ag researcher really needs to know and kind of get everybody on the same page. Page at once. So definitely go check that out at ag-access.com slash resources. I'll put it in the show notes too. But tell me just one quick thing about any kind of an interesting story or a crazy recruit that you did or something that very memorable to you in your many years of working in ag and large animal vet. By far the most interesting work that we do is with like product research of really big equipment. So in the opportunity to contact farmers from all over the globe and do the logistics of flying them in to rural U.S. towns and then actually running an on-site where you've got millions and millions of dollars of equipment on them is by far the most interesting stuff. I mean, we're recruiting right now a series of in-person I think oftentimes what people don't realize is the scale that of the operations and the businesses that we're having to have relationships with. So I know there's an on-site with somebody that has about 30,000 acres of almond groves that essentially harvest just ended, right? And now we've got researchers on site and meeting with these business owners that are literally that product is getting exported all over the world for the biggest, for something that just shows up in your, in the aisle and at Walmart and your <laughs> local grocery store. Yeah. It gives you a whole new appreciation for it. Well, I do want to say Colson, I do have a shirt. I like to wear to parties out here since I actually live in Kansas, but it says keeping it rural. So maybe I should get you one of those. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Get you a farming hat too. It's good. It's a, every once in a while, you know, wearing cowboy boots, it's good for you. So <laughs> awesome. Colson, thank you so much for your time today. But also thank you for all of your leadership in Insights Association. I don't want that to go unnoticed because these are volunteer positions. And when, if each one of us would step up and do a little bit in some of these different associations, it really does lighten the load. And I really love to see your crew supporting the women in research and also all of the other groups that are coming outside of Insights Association. But I will see you at an event very soon, I'm sure. And until then, though, please keep it roll. But from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.